You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 65, Balto Street Talk. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. We're your hosts, Morgan Stradling, Chelsea Robson, and Mason Smith. Hi, everybody. It is I, Mason, half wolf, half man. And I am here to save the children. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, thunder tubed again. Yes, I'm on a roll. It's been a while since we've had the thunder tube in, so I thought I'd bring it back today. Just... Well, Only you thunder if... you thundered too to me in the last episode for Lord of the Rings. I know, I did. <laughs> Only the best zingers and the best lines deserve a thunder tube. It's true, in my opinion. <laughs> so, for those of you who are new to the show, this is the Animation Addicts podcast, and we are the Rotoscopers, who are your hosts. And what we do in each episode is we talk about an animated film, past or present. We just dissect it, nerd out, geek out, and have a great time doing it. So, this episode, uh, in case you didn't get the rumblings from Mason, we are talking about Amblimation's Balto, which is going to be really exciting because this oh, is. <laughs> This is one that I always uh, really liked growing up. I never owned it, but I always really liked watching Balto. I had never seen this movie until <gasps> this morning. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I was amazed at it. I mean, we'd always, I'd seen it, not but never seen the movie, you know? I'd seen the cover, I'd seen the case, and thought, oh, that'd be a fun one to watch. But I never, just never did. So this was a new experience for me. Well, welcome to the Balto party. Hey, thanks. Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why? And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, nah, everything's peachy. Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving. Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force One. Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. 510 declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So shall we? <laughs> Let's. Let's shall. So we've moved from horse movies to dog movies. <laughs> Ooh, a big jump. <laughs> yep, a big jump. A I don't, small I don't jump, know why. A small jump for dogs, but a giant leap for horses. True story. Um, I don't know what inspired our horse um... saga. <laughs> yeah, our horse saga. I don't know either, but I, I ran with it. I galloped with it. It was great. <laughs> Continuing the running and moving into dogs, racing. Yeah, normally with our episodes, we just kind of pick a, a movie and go with it, and then there's no rhyme or reason, but we're kind of on these little theme kicks right now. So once we said Balto, I'm like, well, we got to do all the other dog movies. So we're going to be, well, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to be doing next. I'm just going to tell you what we're doing now. So Balto. From a world of incredible spectacle, at the edge of the Alaskan frontier. It's <laughs> From a place where the unexpected <laughs> and the extraordinary happen every day. Come on, we catch the end of the race. Comes the unforgettable legend of Balto. But you could call him idiot. Do you honestly think any musher would ever put you on his team? He was an outsider (laughs) who wasn't like the others. Balto, wait. Balto! Until a town needed a miracle. Rosie, we can get that medicine through. 
You said what? Come on, mush. He's going into freezing coldness to find a dog he doesn't like to bring medicine back to a town that doesn't like him. In a test of will, he challenged the impossible. You'll never get home. I'll make sure of that. In a race against time. Balto, slow down! Balto is their only hope. They've missed their second checkpoint. No! Pictures and Amlin Entertainment invite you to join Steel. Touch that box, and I'll tear you apart. Caltag and Star. Hey, this is gonna be good. <laughs> Muck and Luck. Well, of course we were. We were in the water. We were moving. We were swimming. And Boris. Oh, I was so scared. I got uh. equal bumps. On an incredible adventure into the heart of a hero. <laughs> not dog, not wolf, you're a hero! Balto. Balto was released in 1995, not in the year 19,995, <laughs> as I put in the Google Doc for our notes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Very futuristic. <laughs> Future Balto. Balto in space. 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 The studio is Amblination, and that you may know is Steven Spielberg's studio in the 90s. It was around just for a few years and then it closed. Um, it was produced by Steve Hickner, among others, but, you know, we love Steve Hickner. So Yay. I was going to call it out. <laughs> Amblimation. Actually, this was the last film, and this was the final film of Amblimation. Do you think it was a triumphant send-off of the studio? That's Wolf Dog for yes. Oh, nice. If you're interested in listening to our interview with Steve Hickner, he talks about his time at Amblimation. Amblimation, you can go to rosecopers.com slash 48, and you can hear that there. And as I was looking this up, Steve doesn't have a Wikipedia page, which I think is really a shame. Moving on to the director, Simon Wells. Uh, you may know him. He co-directed Prince of Egypt with Steve Hickner and Brenda Chapman. It's really interesting and pretty cool. And since that, that was sort of one of the last things that he directed. And he you know, stayed with DreamWorks ever since. He's done a lot for them in the story department as a story artist. So very faithful to DreamWorks. Now, box office. This kind of makes me sad. I, I really was expecting this movie to do a little better than this, but it only made $11.3 million total. Oh. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's even lower than, that's even lower than um, Rockadoodle. Yeah, that's how you know it's pretty bad. Ouch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It only made $12,000. Wait, you know, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. It only made $12,000. <laughs> if you want to understand that joke, go to our Rockadoodle episode, rotoscopers.com slash three. And uh, yes, that is a, a Rotoscopers <laughs> classic is $12,000. <laughs> if you want to be in with the inside jokes, you got to go. Oh, yeah. Start at the beginning. Just keep going. So, you know, interesting about this is this is actually based on a real-life story, the story of Balto. So Balto, the story of Balto. So um, much like the events in the movie, Balto, he, um, he was a dog. He was a Siberian husky in real life. And what he did is he led a team of sled dogs on the final leg of a um, serum run of this, you know, antitoxin to Nome, Alaska in 1925. So the, the serum... Yeah was a cure for diphtheria, and it was transported from Anchorage to Nenena, Alaska, by train, and then to Nome by uh, sled dogs. So a uh, little different in the movie. In the movie, they make it seem like he's this rogue dog who just has this altruistic side of him who loves to save the children. Um, didn't really happen. But, but since that, there is a run commemorated each year, and they have a race. Yeah, it's the uh, Iditarod. I think Disney did a movie about it, and I think Cool Runnings is inspired by it. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, um, quite a quite a grueling dog sled race, and 
not not to steal Balto stars or anything, but uh, but there was actually another dog named Togo who actually went who actually uh, did the did the dog sled run for the medicine. He actually pulled about five times as many miles as Balto did. <laughs> oh, dig! But but Balto was the last one to you know bring in the serum, and, and then there was the whole thing with the ice cave and steel. You know, of course. You know what history doesn't tell you is that there were actually two sequels to Balto. So there's a lot that history left out. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or there's actually a statue of Balto in Central Park, which you see in the movie. Um, if you didn't know, you might have thought that perhaps this was something they created just for the movie. But no, it's actually in Central Park, which I'm not quite sure why it's in Central Park. Don't you think it should be somewhere in Alaska? It's in Central Park? Yeah. Like, what? It's kind of random. Yeah, it's very random, and it's just commemorating him. It's a, you know, If you see the movie, it's the, the dog statue that they're looking yeah. at and they finally find. Yeah, that's a that's- real thing. But, it's like putting a, a a Rockefeller statue like in the middle of Kentucky or something. <laughs> I wouldn't Here are the swamps of Alabama. If you look to your left, you'll see you'll see the Rockefeller statue. <laughs> so another interesting thing is if you want to see the real Balto in action, uh, frozen in action, I would say he is stuffed and available for viewing at the Cleveland Museum of Natural History. Oh and that's not creepy at all. <laughs> not at all. You know, I don't know why. I guess it's not really creepy. Taxidermy animals yeah. are totally fine. But I don't know. The, the fact that this dog has so much history, I don't know. It makes it seem like a real person in a way. Yeah. Make a lovely throw rug. Um, do, would you ever taxidermize one of your animals? No. I, Unless it was something I, really cool like a cheetah. <laughs> I, I would I would mummify them just to kind of oh, in, ensure that they ascend to exaltation, you know, the old way. But uh, <laughs> are you half Egyptian? What the? See, I mean that's not Egyptian. Spanish. See, classy. <laughs> One interesting thing about the beginning of this movie because it goes in and it starts in live action, which was really odd to me, and. All I could think about was, like, it's like Rockadoodle, but what's going on? And Rocket, totally. Yeah, it was totally like Rockadoodle. And I felt like um, throughout this whole movie, I was like, oh, that's kind of like this. Oh, that's kind of like that. There are so many moments where I'm like, this this movie is just going to have so many different tangents. Well, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been like really like Rockadoodle, like <laughs> evil steel animated dog could come and try to maul Grandma Rosie's grandkid as revenge, <laughs> you know. And then Cartoon Balto would just burst out of the Balto statue at the end and fight off Cartoon Steel, and it'd be this great thing. And but no, they didn't go that route. And so I'm I'm fine with the intro outro in in live action. But yeah, do you like it when when animated films do that? I'm on the fence because at least this one, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I feel like the movies, they start live action and they don't end live action. They just sort of use it as an introduction device and then it's over. But in this time, they wrap the story up. But it's so funny because you forget about this like old lady, Grandma Rose, right? Who, um, you know, she's like the main driver of the plot. And then we go back to her and we're like, oh, yeah, she was just telling a story the whole time. Yeah, that this was... Is- it was just weird because I forgot about it until the very end when it comes back to her. I'm like, oh, yeah, this started about, yeah. I think, at least in Rockadoodle, they kept the whole idea of there is live action to be, we're going to be going back to the live action after this, you know. Uh, yeah. By the way, is that the bird lady from Home Alone 2? I uh, thought so. I don't know if it is I, or not, but it it's not. I looked me. her up, but I was like, "Hmm, you're wearing like shabby clothes, kind of." I mean, yeah. I blame the '90s. Judge. And you're wearing a weird hat. You kind of have weird hair, and you're older, and you're in Central Park. Yeah, pigeon lady. How do we even <laughs> know that girl is her granddaughter, not just some person she <laughs> she kidnapped? Another person stranded <laughs> in New she York. Adopted. Yeah. This could they could be like a crossover like Balto Crazy Grandma Lady versus Home Alone. <laughs> but one thing's for sure though, that kid needed to shut up. Grandma, we're lost in Central Park. We're in the middle of nowhere. Help! <laughs> Grandma's like, shut up, we've only been walking for fifteen minutes. Anywho, I'm glad we switched to animation because that kid was getting on my nerves. It's not that I hate children, I just really can't stand them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, man. So, all the way up to Nome, Alaska, known for its gnomes. Oh. And we were introduced to uh, Balto, voiced by Kevin Bacon. Bacon, bacon. There's no only one thing that smells like bacon, it's bacon! Oh, man, I did not like his voice. I didn't like it at all. I it thought was it was too... It's too rough, like commando for for a for a, a hero. Well, yeah, and it totally went along with Jim Cummings' voices. Steel, his was really rough, and yeah. so we had like Jim two Cummings. really rough voices. That's right. I'm the good guy. No, you're not. I'm the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Under your thumb, goof. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you can tell I really like Jim Cummings. <laughs> I uh, think this would have been the perfect film to put Matt Damon in a fitting animated role. They did that ten years from now, five years. Five years well, he did good. He was he was good in Titan A.E. That's true. He was good hey, in Titan A.E. But I but thought less, he was in Spirit. Less, he was in Spirit. He narrated Spirit. But I, I think he would have been a great Balto as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We can't have too too many Matt Damons taking over our All animated right. characters. Mark Wahlberg. He's the same thing. Okay. He's probably like 10. Hey, speaking of voices, did you know that Brendan Fraser was going to be the voice of Steel? Really? Then you would have just been Grayson from the nut job all over again. Nice. <laughs> Terrible villain. Well, he's not even a villain in the nut job. Uh, you know, just... I was really happy that Jim Cummings was kind of a lead because Jim Cummings really he's... isn't, unless he's like a Disney character, he isn't a lead in an animated film. You know, it's That's always true. goes to the celebrities and the stars and just see a well, real he... life voice actor. I was like so excited. I was like, "Yes, Jim Cummings, well, you know, you're awesome." That's it, that's true, and it, it was a young Jim Cummings from 1995, so that was even cooler. Um, and did you know that he was also the Indian chief, Pocahontas's father from Pocahontas? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. That was him. That's a new one. Huh. I don't even know. I don't know if he did his singing lines, but that was him. Impressive. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, thank you, Jim Cummings, and not Brendan Fraser. Um, let's see. And then, uh, Balto, did you know that Balto's color scheme was actually based off of the Tramp from Lady and the Tramp? You know, he looks, as I was sitting here, I'm like, hmm, suspicious, you look so much like the Tramp, could they not get a different design? (laughs) But Yeah, there are a lot of allusions to Lady and the Tramp. I like Steele's sausage link. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you start at one end, I'll start at the other, and we'll meet in the middle. <laughs> and, I was like, know, oh, you're so sleazy. <laughs> and totally think, ruined a perfectly good Disney moment. Yeah. It's interesting because Steve Hickner was a direct was a producer on this movie, and he in our interview he talks about how his favorite movie, Disney movie of all time, an animated movie, is Lady and the Tramp. And so I think they were trying to pay homage to this, you know, very, very great Disney movie. But some people could see this and see and kind of take it the other way and say copy. Um, but I, looking from that perspective, like I understand, you know, they were really trying to say like this is one of the greatest dog movies ever, which maybe we should cover it. Eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, so that's something that I noticed. And then of course Balto has this like dream. He's got oh he's got the love interests. Oh, Jenna, a, which is Jenna. the most b- bizarre name for a dog. I mean, I know my dog's name is Jimmy, but Jenna. Hey, I guess my dog's name is Ginger. That's well. That's all the other total dog name. <laughs> yeah, our dog's name is Jane. I know, but all the other dogs in the movie are like weird, sort of non-human names. Like they're Balto, kind of Ala- they're kind of a yeah, they're kind of Alaskan names too. Mm-hmm. And then she's just Jenna. All right, rock on. And Jenna's owner is Rosie, and she's so cute. She sort of reminds me of a redheaded non-crazy Vanellope von Schweetz. <laughs> oh, yeah. She reminded me of Oliver and Company. The girl, the little girl off of Oliver Oh, Company. yeah, Jenny. Hmm. And another thing about Jenna, like, so she's a red husky, which is a real type of husky, and they kind of have a reddish sheen to him, which is pretty cool. She's really pretty. And she reminds yeah. me a lot of Laddie from The Simpsons. Yes! <laughs> the super regal dog. Beautiful. You want to pet it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great episode. Lip- are you putting on lipstick to impress Laddie? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I once again am oblivious to your Simpsons quotes. Uh, it's okay. But Rosie just broke my heart. I remember the theme of of the diphtheria sickness, you know, spreading and stuff, and like, oh, no hope for the children. Man, that really affected me as a kid when I first watched this. Yeah. 
was like, sheesh, come on, Balto, come on, you gotta pull through. Well, because you see the two sides of her. You see her at the very beginning when she's full of life and sprightly, <laughs> and she gets the new sled and the hat, and it's Stop. so cute. Mush, yes. Jenna, mush! You're gonna make me cry. And then, like, within 15 minutes, she's on her deathbed, literally, nice. and it's scary. Yeah. No, yeah. It, that was one good thing. Like... There were a lot of moments where it was just kind of weird in the beginning of it. But then toward the end, it, it really did get very intense. I was like, huh, craziness. Awesome. What's going to happen? Now, there's a lot of exposition in this movie. The first act is like two-thirds of the movie. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's got to be like, this is Balto. This is the dog race. This is Jenna. Oh, Steel's bad. You know, oh, the medicine, oh, the race, uh, oh, they don't make it, they're lost. And then Balto's like, oh, I'm going to go on my journey to save everyone, you know? Yeah. But it takes a long time to get to that point. And by the time Balto actually gets to the medicine, I'm ready for that sequence to just be like a two-minute montage and we're at the city. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm over by the time we hit that point. Uh-huh. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so so pacing was very curious there. Now, okay, so Steel, I want to talk talk about him just a little bit. Is he? Did you think of him as basically Scar the dog? <laughs> I thought him. I thought of him as Gaston the dog. Oh, so he's like a he's like a he's got the mentality of Gaston, but he's got the character design. Um, and the Scar, I think that's a very quintessential character design, like in shape language, you know, angular forms, kind of kind of slinky, kind of triangular, you know? Well, not only does he have the body shape of Scar, he also has, like, the the henchmen of Scar. There's three of them. They're very (laughs) hyena-esque. And there's the one that's, like, always late to the party on the joke. Oh, he's the Ed. (laughs) The Ed. (laughs) I mean, that was... I don't know. I can't say if it's a rip-off because... Lion King came out in 1994, and this came out a year later. And usually by that point, things are moving along. But I could see them totally adding that in, just... But I don't know. No, def- is that, is definitely, not a, a... definitely not a ripoff. Uh, the the three guys, the the three like henchmen thing that that's been around for a while. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm... been around for. A while. You got the the wise cracky one who's kind of the short squatty. Uh, yeah, yeah, two bones on Balto. You know, and there's the one who's like, yeah, hey, the most fantabulous, the most uh, magnificent. And then there's the dummy one who's like, you're just great. You know, the three stooges. <laughs> I there's some good steel quotes. There's uh when the goose is when uh goose is talking to Baldo, he's like, don't listen to him, don't look at him, live a long life. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the um the little prissy dog is like, hey, he's positively magnesium. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she that's had some an, good lines. That's another dog. That's a, like a complete ripoff of Peg from Lady and what the Tramp. What a like, dog. Yeah. Nah, Peg is way smoother than this dog. This is like your 19... Exactly, like your 1920s... Uh, you know, she just has that accent. Kind of Brooklyn-ish. I don't even know how to describe that accent. It's yeah, just like she's old like any of, the, any of the any of the ditzy flapper girls from The Great Gatsby. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Peg from Lady and the Tramp is the one who's gotten around a little bit more. She's got that sultry voice. Did you know? Oh, did you know that um, Jenna's Jenna's character design? I don't know how you can model a dog character design after a human, but she's apparently modeled after Audrey Hepburn. Oh, huh? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That's cool. But I don't, I don't see it, but that's apparently <laughs> what what IMDb trivia says. Oh, nice. We always believe that. <laughs> you think I? I'd, yeah, I. Yes, I say that with all confidence. You can trust everything on the internet, kids. <laughs> oh. Yeah. One thing, okay, the next part is where, you, let's talk about the sidekicks. And all I could think when we got to this part was I was just, we're a couple of misfits. <laughs> we're a couple of misfits. You know, it's like, what the heck is up with these sidekicks? And there's just so many of them. I mean, you have the Russian goose. Did I miss, like, why he can't fly? I really don't understand that one. You, you wouldn't know until unless you watched the second sequel to Balto. Oh. Balto, Balto 3, Wings of Change, where Boris reveals that he can't fly because he's afraid of heights. Oh, they hid that from us. Huh. They did. From later on. Ooh, okay. And yep, then, yep. Um, also, okay, the polar bears? Come on. Oh, the bears. What's the point of them? I the bears, understand. am I right? They needed to be cut. They were bad. Oh, 
Yeah, and then why did why in the world did they call Uncle Waldo? I mean, uh, Uncle Boris. Uncle, <laughs> like, why? I just I really don't understand. <laughs> Uncle Waldo. <laughs> Boris is like Boris is like basted in <laughs> vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke about alcohol. I agree with Morgana there. Um, I thought, okay, for one, I thought the two polar bears, oh, for one, they were voiced by Phil, Phil Collins. Yeah, that was weird. I was like, what the? Does voice have to? Somewhere some bear is calling for you. Two bears, one family. <laughs> so anyway, trust your bear. It's like they have no bones. It's like in Harry Potter where um, instead of mending his bone, Gilderoy Rock- Lockhart just... It's erases his bone and he's just squishy you know and that's how they are they're very squash and stretch they had their points you know they were just kind of little little kind of token characters for balto to kind of show his his heroicism with you know and there had there needed to be some sort of emotional link with the goose i i don't know but even their animation was kind of weird. It was like someone like took some really hard pencils and did their animation, and it was very different looking. So it was, it, they were very out of place. But then, you know, how else could you... Okay, they were... I don't know. I didn't really see their point until uh, the big one got all wet, and then he fluffed himself up, and it was really adorable. So that, that brought him back for me. But still, what was the point? <laughs> oh, the fluff. The fluff, Morgan. Okay. Oh, the fluff. Okay. Yeah, but anyway... Voiced by Phil Collins, so yeah, there is a there is a sidekick thing going on. I don't know why we need him. Yeah, it would I would have had this been totally fine as a solitary hero's journey. He doesn't need a sidekick. He doesn't need an Abu. Speaking of Abu, he's very Aladdin in a way. Yes, Balto. I, yeah, yeah. He like goes off to his Street own little dog. house and sits under his little. It's like got the view of the city and everything. Yeah, it's basically the Alaskan version of Aladdin's house. It is. But it's got a great view. And it shows the, it totally, he shows the, you know, the northern lights. Here, yeah. broken glass. Let's play with this. <laughs> and afterwards, he sings, Riff Raff, Street Rat, I don't buy the, oh, no, never mind, wrong movie. Still, I think he's rather tasty. But yeah, I, I do see the, I do see the, the Street Rat, Street Dog vibe going on and then the whole i I really wasn't sure of what they were trying to do as far as the it felt like the fact that he was part dog part wolf it was kind of like a mudblood type Mm -hmm. relationship and i'm just like what are they trying to say by this just like obviously don't be racist don't be racist to dogs (laughs) don't be racist to dogs but anyway, Steel, uh, they got they caught Steel stealing, steal stealing the sausage. Yeah, that was and Steel was stealing, and Steel always steals. That's a misnomer because his is spelt S T E E L E, not as in I'm going to steal, but as in the color. Ah, uh, so it's more it's more of metal. a it's more of a stile. Yeah, so to stile, that's his new name. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Stile. No, yeah. But what a jerk. I hate it when the bad guy gets all the good credit, the, you know, in, in these movies. Well, I'm, just like, I'm just like, why I ought to knock your block off, you know? Well, luckily, he uh, gets what's coming to him. Yeah, what's, bl- <laughs> <laughs> what's coming to you? What's coming to you? He's such a glory hound. Oh, gosh, I liked that reference a yeah. lot. <laughs> So, there's some good there's some good uh, animal jokes, you know, Boris is like I'm getting people bumps. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I semi got that. So this is the uh, awkward middle area of the movie where we're still introducing characters and plot lines and really got a lot of exposition here. <laughs> yeah. Well, at this yeah. point in time it does, you know, she's getting sick now and it just comes out of nowhere, but oh, there's 16 other cases of this. That sucks. Um, Not to mention a bunch of dogs who are all of a sudden really concerned with what's going on. There's like a chief dog in the in the in the city. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like in the rescuers how there's what's going on in the real world of the UN and what's going 
and what's happening underground in the UN with the mice. It's right. exactly the same. Yeah. Right. And then it's an old Towser. It's an old dog alert. That's all I got from It's an alert. <laughs> right when they started doing the, like, barking around from, what's going on? Oh, this is going on. Oh. I feel so bad for the telegraph dog. Clearly affected psychologically. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. He's got the tick. He's like, eh, eh, eh. I'm okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, so, yeah, so it doesn't work out for the first team. Castile's like, no, I'm not gonna have a wolf dog on my team. <laughs> you know, and then, um, boy, uh, the poor sled driver, he is totally absent in this film, but you know, he had to, he, he had to be pretty brave too mm-hmm. to do this. Why don't they, why don't they stuff him and put him in the museum? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Cause we but don't at least do mummify that to people, him. Mason. We don't do that. Sorry, back in Egypt we do it all the time. Anyway, um, so yeah, Egypt. and then I, I Steel is such a jerk. He's like, "No, we're not going to go anywhere because I'm the boss," <laughs> you know. And Balto's like, "Dude, okay, but I'm going to take the medicine." He's like, "No, I'm going to beat you up," <laughs> you know. I don't like I don't like his henchmen dogs because they're like Balto's friends sometimes, but then they're not. But then they doubt. Then they then they're like, "Yeah, welcome to the sled team," and then they're like, "Oh, we doubt you." You know, yeah, they're not but good, I, true friends. But no. what what really gets me is that Steel is just so proud and such a jerk that he's willing to to scratch, you know, send you know decoy scratch tree scratchings to to send those dogs out t- to get lost again, and he doesn't even care about the kids. Yeah, I didn't. That was just really weird to me. Why does this dog is this dog is such a megalomaniac that? he would go that far just crazy yeah and then when he gets back to Gnome he's like oh I tried but Balto couldn't handle the box you know <laughs> I he, yeah that story he makes up it's like did he expect Balto to just die probably <laughs> and he, so people would believe him he expected yeah. them all to die I'm sure he got pretty overconfident if you ask me well, even Balto's not really much of a leader, you know, an effective leader, because he's like, all right, I'm on the sled team. Woohoo, let's go. And they're like, oh, are we lost, Balto? And Balto's like, oh, I don't know. Let's go this way. I know the way to go. And they're like, no, Balto, you're going too fast. <laughs> and then he ends up, like, falling over a cliff. And uh, I'm surprised the medicine didn't break. Yeah, that how was, did, how did that it was not break? pretty impressive, the, f- the fact that those Glass bottles were so unbreakable. <laughs> they must be like Nalgene bottles. No, they were just properly packed. Come on. These guys are professionals. They know what they're doing. Dude, you know... Okay, you know what we totally overlooked was the bear. The giant bear. Oh, yeah. Which had nothing to do with the plot. They needed to get the dim-witted sidekicks out of the way because they were slowing Balto down. And they yeah. needed to whisk Jenna away back to Gnome. So they needed a reason. Oh, they get attacked by a giant bear. Well, Balto gets to show off what a hero he is. And then the bears kind of get a little validation because they learn how to swim. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't really do anything for the kids, you know. But boy, that that's a real bear right there. That Freaking was, huge. It's like almost as cool as the bear and Fox and the Hound. If I was into animal cruelty and all, I would force the bear from this movie to fight the bear from um, from Fox and the Hound. Oh, that would be awesome. They should make like an arcade Disney platform game like that one person did on their DeviantArt and uh, have like a ultimate animation showdown fighting game. Nice. You could have bear versus bear. Oh, yeah, bears. <laughs> oh, yeah, the bear. The, the bears. bears, the bears, the bears. bears. The bears. <laughs> Polish sausage. But anyway, so yeah, the bear was kind of a thing. It, it, there's a lot of character shuffling. It's like, oh, they're coming with Balto. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, here they come again, you know? Mm-hmm. Every day they're shuffling. Every day they're shuffling. But yeah. So I, I, I do remember as a kid being really touched by when Balto um, reaches into his inner wolf and just has a, a howl off with uh, uh you know the with mother superior wolf. wolf or whoever comes up to say yeah which which uh, from what i told you about the sequel it might have actually been balto's mother 
but that's that's unconfirmed. <laughs> They're still investigating that, you know, Balto too. But anyway, and then what happens after that? They just he all of a sudden he knows the way now. Yeah, he like channels his inner wolf, and he doesn't need the marks on the tree anymore to figure out what's going on, and he can just smell the way home. <laughs> well, you know, apparently the real Balto was able to. Uh, they were they were apparently lost, and the real Balto was able to sniff out the trail. Nice. So that, but he wasn't half wolf yeah, then, so that might have been a little nod to that story. Well, doesn't that do like injustice to the true story of Balto? Because Balto wasn't half wolf, which we don't know. Being half wolf gives you any sort of spe- special sniffing powers, but he well, was full, you know, just a great dog who was able to do all these amazing things. And I don't know. Did he need to be half wolf though? I mean, that's yes, because they need. Yes, because the movie needed to teach us about dog racism. <laughs> I I just yeah. I feel like all these the movies that they when they try to I don't know this goes back to like our very first discussions on how I dislike movies that just want to put a moral in your face the entire time. Well, it, it, think of it from like a story perspective, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to pit a man against his rival and against time, but it's another thing to pit one man against the world. You know. Mm-hmm. Or against like himself, you, too, because he's got his own issues, not, quote-unquote, knowing who he is. And the fleas. And uh, he, so, story-wise, it's just a lot more interesting when you have, you know, everyone's against him. No one likes him, you know. Don't you ever feel that way, kids? Well, here's Balto, you know? So, for the sake of dramatic, dramaticness, uh, that's a technical term in the industry, by the way. <laughs> for the sake of dramatic dramaticness, they they kind of expanded the story. So, I mean, I can see it. I don't, I don't know if it would have been any better if he was, if they just left the whole like filthy wolf dog out of it, you know? Well, he might turn against us. It did create some very good drama Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. And and the point of tension that you could visibly see, well, you couldn't visibly see it, but they talked about it enough where you're like, all right, I get it. I don't, I don't know. Towards the end, I was like, Okay, they go through the ice thing, and oh, there's a, like three ice spikes. Oh, Balto, um, he closes the box up and saves the stuff from breaking, and it's all good. And there, there's that ET reference, you know, with the one dopey wolf, <laughs> <laughs> the one dopey dog. And I was waiting for a climax. I was waiting for the end of the second act. I was waiting, f- and then it's just like, all right, we made it out of that spooky ice cave. <laughs> and we made it back to no. Yeah, it was like instantaneous. The best, I, the, that's, that's the best. Uh, sh- that's the best shortcut ever. Like there was no like. Okay, in my opinion, this is here's how I would have expanded the story, and I don't know if it would have improved it or not. Let's just let me just pitch this. What if Balto gets back and he's he's going to um, he's going to save. Um, there, there needed to be something with steel. There needed to be closure with steel because the only thing that happened to him was he gets publicly shamed in front of all the other dogs. Isn't that enough? No, steel did not care about the well-being of the children. You know. Yeah. He's nothing more than a murderer, as my friend and clone Harry Potter would say. But and and then he uh, he didn't care about beating up Balto, so they, there needed to be recompense for that, and I don't think there was enough. His pride was hurt, which was his his greatest uh, asset, you know. But at the same time, I felt like it would have been cool if, like, I don't know, Steel, like, jumped Balto at the last second while he was going to run and see Jenna. And he tries to beat him up, you know, and, and kill him once and for all. But Balto, the polar bears come in and swim to the, his rescue. I don't know. No, no polar bears. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Leave them out. No, I thought he was, I thought it would have been a better ending had he just fallen to his death right at that point. Were you in love with her, Beast? Would you think that she would go against you? Would she could have me? No, like when he like falls off the cliff, you know. I think that would have been a lot better. They, they animate little skulls in his eyes when he falls. That's how you know. That's how you know. Yeah. Steel should have fallen off that cliff, creamed into a tree, hit a vine, and then hung himself. So that way, it'd have been Gaston and Clayton. <laughs> how many deaths can we roll into one? 
That would have been PG. Well, and he's going to be, you know, suspending this rock and trying to topple it over on anyone. And there's going to be a big lightning. <laughs> and he's going to shriek and fall backwards. And then, and then little midget dogs will come. I'm sorry, dwarf dogs will come and uh, and push her off. Well, don't forget that we've you got know, You know, in the tiger handheld game, you, you actually play as the dwarves and you actually physically push the wish off the cliff. <laughs> Don't forget, really? we have the Vulture Reunion to follow. Dude, they'd be like Nordic, Nordic, North America, like Alaskan vultures. <laughs> There's such things, right? Totally. Or maybe crows, at least. <laughs> but anyway, so many ways we could have expanded it. But I just thought, you know, the, uh, the big problem that I have with the story of this film is that I, I don't understand where the climax is. You know, I got the most payoff at the very end when you find out that it is Rosie telling the story. Ah, that was the most payoff for me. I was that was really sweet. I was like, oh, because she's like, thank you, Balto, you saved my life. And <laughs> I, I actually, I was like, oh, okay, I, yeah, that was all worth it. Did you expect that? I didn't. I had no idea what was going to happen. I had totally forgotten, like I said, that this was a live action, that it started in live action, and then when it came back, I was like. Oh yeah, what happened to you? <laughs> yeah, that totally blew over. That totally got lost uh, during the the actual animated parts of the film. And it was like, mm-hmm. whoop bam! Back we're back to uh, we're back to Central Park. Yeah, yeah I was half. I was. It was kind of cheesy. I was half half expecting the Balto stat Balto statue to like wink at us there at the very end. You know, like <laughs> Winnie the Pooh style. <laughs> And then we get this cool. At some point in the ending, I did like that cool like CG Northern Lights wolf there at the end. You know. Yeah, that was kind of. It, it, it's only there for like five seconds, and then it like morphs into the statue. <laughs> yeah, it's all they have transition. the budget for. You know what's an even better transition when you go into an R and B pop remix <laughs> during the credits. Oh my gosh! Reach you know, for the light, EFY. Much. <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't have been a nineteen ninety five film if you didn't have that. I was expecting it. Like, it went to the credits, and I'm like, ooh, here it is. Is this going to be good? Is it going to be awesome? Okay, it's kind of okay-ish, standard, nothing, generic vanilla. Okay. it wasn't great. Reach for the life. It's like, E-F-Y, reach for the light. And then whatever your group name was. (laughs) Anyway, shout out to anyone who knows what E-F-Y is. But yeah, um... There were no songs in this film, so I guess by by standard animation '90s animation rule, they had to put one in at the end. Thank goodness there were no songs. Yeah. This movie's yeah. so much better for it. I don't even know what the songs would be, but I can think of other kind of like C-rate animated films of the time, like Thumbelina and such. And I'm like, yes, thank you for just telling us a story with too many characters, but <laughs> no songs. Those characters didn't sing, and I appreciate that. You know, I can I can. I mean, I don't know the whole story about Balto's development, but in early stages, it could have been kind of a darker movie. So they probably, they might have felt like they had to put in lovable animal sidekicks, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure all this out. They had to work on their merchandising. They only but had I don't the remember Balto. any Balto. I don't remember any Balto merchandising, though. Yeah, but you have seen Balls of Fluff around, so they just pulled that off uh-huh. as, the bears, as the polar bears. Balls of Fluff. Hmm. Well, so let's let's rate it. I'm going to start, and I'll say that I give this movie three and a half stars. It was actually really good. I liked it, and as I've, I didn't know if I was going to like this movie or not at some certain points, especially when it got to the all the story elements that I felt like had I'd seen before, and the really confusing backstory on all the sidekicks and why there are so many sidekicks and whatever not. But still. I was like, all right. I like the payoff at the end was enough for me to think I really liked this movie. Yeah, I really like Balto too. Um, not Balto two, the sequel. <laughs> I just like Balto <laughs> as well. I always, when I would go back and I'd reminisce about this movie, you know, because I do that all the time. Um, I always enjoyed the payoff that Chelsea was talking about. That you know, Balto did something great. Um, there was kind of a more mature element in the fact that he was actually doing something that was was realistic and definitely worthwhile to society and that he was bringing this antitoxin to the children. Um, it was just kind of like a happy story for me. And the fact that it was based on a true story is that much cooler because this totally could just be made up. 
um, and it would work. But the fact that it's real and this is their interpretation and adaptation of that story is awesome. That being said, uh, I'm just going to give it three stars. Watching it again, uh, I didn't. It didn't age. I, I, I'm not saying that it like didn't age well, but it, just the fact that we were like we were plummeted with these characters and these side characters. I felt it could have been cleaner if they just focused on a few rather than twenty um, with really obscure like you know, plot lines like, oh, I'm afraid of water and I'm a polar bear. Like that didn't need to be there. Um, but that was kind of standard fare at the time. So three stars. Yeah. Yeah. Plummeted by, by characters. That's a good way to describe it. Thank you. All right. For me, three and a half stars. This was a good animated film. I, I remember really liking it as a kid and I enjoyed watching it again. I don't know. I guess looking at it from a semi-critical standpoint, as far as the story, like it, it, the story is kind of messy. But I still love um, I love Steel. He's he's a bad he's a good bad villain. I love the the goose. You know, there's some cute characters. Honestly, the bears were totally forgettable. I'd totally forgotten about them mm-hmm. um, until I watched it again, like years later tonight. Kind of a gripping true story, you know. Like Morgan said, with the uh, with the medicine and getting it to the kids. So I um, I like the premise a lot, and I I like kind of the the feels that it gives me, you know, this is, this is a film that I liked as a kid. What about the animation? I remember, I remember watching it as a, as a kid, as with the family also, and, and we all liked it. What about the animation? We didn't really talk about that. The animation itself, it, I mean, it, it, it's pretty solid. Yeah I, yeah. I had nothing against it. I remember I, as I was watching Jenna, like I thought she was just really pretty to look at. Um, and then obviously Balto was where they spent a lot of their energy. And Steel was really cool. I thought whoever animated Steel did a really great job. Excellent villain, mate. <laughs> Just a little, little 101 Dalmatians reference for you. <laughs> well, all right. You want to start with voicemails? Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, let's see here. Hey, guys, Catherine here, um, sort of new listener, first-time voicemailer. Can I just say how much I love this movie? My cousin had this on VHS, and we would just watch this all the time. And my family actually took a ski trip in January, and one day we were going dog sledding. And what movie would you watch the night before but this one? And the whole time we were mushing, my cousin and I were just like, yes, we're getting that antitoxin to Gnome. Go, dogs, go. And the humans are jerks. Steel's lame, of course. And did you guys notice how throughout the whole movie, Balto's just fixated on Rosie and getting that medicine for Rosie? And we're just like, but Balto, there's other kids that are sick too. Help them too. And so every time Balto was like, Rosie, we'd just be like, and the other children. It's just like in Lord of the Rings when everyone's all like, Frodo, Frodo, and we're just like, Sam's there, two people, and he's basically doing all the work. Anyway, can't wait to hear what your guys' thoughts on this awesome movie is. And thanks for all you do, and I'd be lost without you. Peace. I, I liked that last comment. She'd be lost without us. I like her, us. Little, her little comment. I, yeah, I like her little her little plug in the end. <laughs> Cute. Aw, thanks, Catherine. <laughs> I can I can I can say that I've never gone bo- gone dog sledding before in my life. Yeah, neither have I. I, I want to do that someday. Actually, that's something that I always wanted to do and just never got to do it. So, you are way ahead of us, Catherine. Way ahead. I might have gotten my sisters to pull me on my skateboard with her car once. That's about. The closest I ever got. <laughs> Actually, I did have a dog. I bought a halter for her, hoping that I could get her to tr- like train her to mush along or just like go and pull like a little wagon, little to pull one of those little red wagons along. But every time she, she realized that something was following her, she would flip out and she would just sit down. She's like, "Okay, I'm not moving because it's gonna start following me, and I don't like it." So. That was a fail. I don't know. We always had small dogs. Like we had a miniature dachshund, and then we had like a little terrier. So I don't know. Maybe Morgan's little puppy will grow up to be a Balto. <laughs> nah, not really. No. Hey, we're Scopers. This is Melissa from the U.S. And I just wanted to say that I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I love it. And 
I thought it was really cool that you guys were doing a horses episode because I horseback ride been riding for about five years now and it's really fun. I ride English. And I just have to say that my favorite horse would have to be Angus just because he's so realistic. He I think he's the most realistic of all the Disney horses. I love his coloring, his fetlocks and I all and I also um like I thought it was really cute when he um when after she after Meredith fell off and she was trying to get him to follow the rules the rest of you he was like, No, I don't want to, they're they're creepy, they're scary and it was kinda like he was smarter than her. I think I don't know me personally, but anyway. Just he I on a side note I also think that his saddle is really cool because just like a bareback pad and so that's my thoughts on Angus and unfortunately Morgan I do have to disagree with you about Leap and Anna's horse being cowardly because as someone who's been around for horses for five years I will say that horses have spooked a lot less at a lot less than wolves so yeah so love your show and I cannot wait. I'm excited for all the coverage you guys are going to have for Ratatouille and Dragon 2. So, bye. I actually agree with a lot of your points there. Uh, I've, But I'm also, like I said, I'm a, a big fan of the big you know, draft horses, too. And I know exactly what you're talking about, Melissa. Those horses are spooked by a lot less. I've fallen off many a horse. It's been fun. <laughs> Let's do some mailbag. This one is from Brayden. He says, Hi, Rotoscopers. Brayden here, longtime listener, first-time writer. Well, welcome. I hear that you guys are doing a Hercules episode, and I can't wait. Hercules is one of my favorite Disney movies next to Mulan, Aladdin, The Little Mermaid, and, of course, who could forget Frozen? Me and my sister quote this movie all the time. We especially love the line, Indoor plumbing is gonna be big. <laughs> many people criticize studios like DreamWorks for using too many pop culture references but I love the way it is done in Hercules the film is so 90s I love it I remember watching the Hercules TV show on the Disney Channel here in Canada it is called the Family Channel and loved it especially the crossover episode with Aladdin ah I've seen that one I hate to see that this movie has been forgotten especially since its music and characters are so memorable especially Hades I can't describe how much I love this movie, even if it does have its flaws. To add on to your nerdy couch discussion about Disney horses, would you guys consider Carpet and Sven Disney horses, despite them being different species? Some people do consider them to be because they take on the horse-like roles in their films. And if Carpet is considered a Disney horse, he is my favorite. Thanks for putting so much work and passion into the rotoscopers. All of us animation fans really appreciate it. Keep up the great work. P.S. May I suggest doing an Enchanted episode? I think the movie is hilarious, and it's one of my personal favorites. Will Brayden, uh, let's see. Sven, definitely, I don't know. Sven, to me, is more like a cross between a dog and a horse. Like, he's got two types of personalities. Uh-huh. But, so, I don't know. And then, by carpet, I'm sure you mean the magic carpet from Aladdin. Yes. In which, in which case, no, I don't think he qualifies as a horse. But he's still a good, um, good uh, like utility vehicle type <laughs> character so he could be like a horse yeah I'd, i wouldn't consider either of those horses just because i feel like Sven does take more of the characteristics of a dog as opposed to the horse it does go quite well with our balto episode today so it works and then also as far as doing an enchanted episode uh yes please i am so okay with that it is partially animated and we do that too yeah we did mary poppins so we can do enchanted exactly so thank you brayden our next one comes from matthew 
Hi Rotoscopers, my name is Matthew, I'm 19 years old, and I'm a freelance 2D animator li living in Canabrea, Australia. Ooh. I have to say, your animation-related podcast is way up there with Clay Cadis's animation podcast and Steve Hullett's Animation Guild interviews. I was wondering if you heard of those podcasts before. Um, yeah, <laughs> those are some great podcasts. Actually, I haven't ever listened to the Animation Guild interviews. Have you, Mason? No, I, I really haven't. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to that one. But the Clay Cadis, I mean, there's nothing better than that one. He's That one was super awesome. Anyways, I would love to see you guys do an episode of Atlantis, The Lost Empire, an almost forgotten Disney film that blew me away as a kid and also got me in interested in doing animation. With much appreciation of what you've done, I've done this impressive logo animation for your YouTube channel. I hope you like it. Matthew. Matthew, see, this is why the fans are so cool, because he created that. So if you go on to any of the new YouTube channel videos, that is the new intro. So thank you so much, Matthew. You rock. Yeah, I, we're using that logo now, and it's really cool. And also, you mentioned Atlantis, The Lost Empire. I watched it on Netflix uh, a couple of months ago, and I really enjoyed it. So yes, I do hope that we, we do a Atlantis episode sometime. For sure. guys thanks for listening to this episode of the animation addicts podcast if you want to tweet about this podcast make sure to use the hashtag anim addicts which is a-n-i-m addicts and i think the uh special um hashtag that we'll use for this episode is for those people who got all the way to the end so they can show off to their friends uh, i think it should be hashtag street dog what do you say Ooh, street dog sounds great. I mean, I'm, I really hope that isn't being used on Twitter right now. Street dog, wolf dog. <laughs> How about glory hound? Ooh. Mm. One vote glory hound, one vote street dog. I don't know. I think street dog would be fine. Okay. Well, there's but, a lot of other people using hound. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is? Glory what? dog. No, no one's using glory dog. So... Glory hound. Oh, glory what? Hound? Hound. Yeah. Oh, they're definitely not using that. Oh, what? They are. <laughs> oh, all right. Glory dog. dog. Glory dog, because there's no one using that, and it, it really you had to listen to the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glory dog. <laughs> so if you, wanna, if you want to show off to your friends that you listen to the very end, just do use the hashtag Glory dog. For any of the show notes, you can head on over to the rotoscopers.com slash 65. You can also find us on Hypable and Animated Views. Subscribe to us on iTunes, people, because that one's going to help us a lot. If you like this podcast, if you think, hey, the Rotoscopers, are, they're pretty cool, definitely go and subscribe on iTunes. It helps everybody. It helps you know iTunes find us more. It helps more people find us. So It I helps all the children. <laughs> It's like it's like giving a vaccine. Think of the children with diphtheria. <laughs> exactly. See now, see now we're gonna get ragged on for not doing any charity, <laughs> any any charity runs like like other online personalities. Hey, one yeah. step at a time. Okay, we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, seriously, uh, leave leave your feedback on iTunes. You know, if you're like, hey, that was a pretty good podcast. Then out of then, if you feel that way, then let us know on iTunes. Leave a review. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio, and so if you, that's what you use, go there. I do use it, and it's awesome. I do like Stitcher as well. Because you don't have to actually download the episodes, which I think is great, because I have very limited space on my phone, so Stitcher is awesome for that. Now, we also had a couple voicemails today. If you want to leave your voicemails, head on over to rotoscopers.com slash voicemail, or you can call 406 646 Six five seven five, and leave us all of your comments, your questions, concerns, or cries of outrage. That's where you go. Yes, and priority will be given to voicemails that start with. <laughs> 
for I real. Will know my wolf, I will know my wolf brethren have come to communicate. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. Our next episode is going to be Pixar's Up. This is All one of right. our yeah. This is one of our most requested episodes, and it's actually we had a kind of a. Um, an online poll for a while. And so this is one that we plucked from that. You guys wanted it and we are delivering. Um, it's funny because on Twitter, after we announced that we're doing this dog series, I, we got a bunch of tweets and people totally skipped over Balto. No one was excited for Balto, but everyone couldn't wait for Up. You know, there, we got a lot of feedback. So definitely send us your voicemails about that and we'll be sure to play them on the show. And last but not least, we are doing a t-shirt contest. Whoop, whoop. We are breaking into merchandise, guys. We're on our way to becoming the next Disney and the multi-million, <laughs> billion-dollar global empire. We're starting small with t-shirts. But we need your help. We want this to be kind of a group effort. And so we are soliciting ideas and shirt designs for our first t-shirt, which we will be selling on the website for you to consume and show off to your friends and be like, Roto what? Roto scoper, that's what. And you can wear your shirts and yeah, it'd be pretty awesome if we ever do meetups, we can all wear them. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. So for all the information about that, be sure to go to rotoscopers.com slash t-shirt contest and you can find everything you have until the end of April, the last day of April to send us your t-shirt design. All the info is in that link. And don't forget, folks, you can always find us at our individual social media locations. Uh, there's Morgan Straddling at Twitter, at Morgan Straddling, and then at Chelsea Robinson, that's her Twitter, and then ChelseaRobinson.com will actually take her uh, you to her Facebook. So that's cool. And then I have a Twitter as well, at Mason, S-M-T-X, just Mason, San Marcos, Texas, just think of that. At Mason, S-M-T-X. I also have a blog, but I haven't, <laughs> haven't like done anything with it. Forever. Mason, do you remember when you didn't have Twitter? Oh, the dark times. Those were dark times. When I had... S- Actually, it wasn't dark time. It was just more time that I I wasn't checking Twitter every five seconds. (laughs) Oh, we've corrupted you. No, I like Twitter a lot because, uh, you know, I get to talk to fans and uh, and listeners and fellow animation lovers. It's more like it. And um, also I get to keep up with the day-in, day-out lives of uh, animators and, and people in film. So I think it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I'm looking at it right now. Mason, focus, focus. What, what, what? Oh, We're two right, minutes right. away from the end. Podcast, podcast, right. <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, we are the Rotoscopers. Sorry, sorry, it was funny. <laughs> Okay, sorry, that can go in the bloopers, but continue, Chelsea. I won't laugh. I'm I'm muting myself. <laughs> oh my once again, nobody cares. A funny story, when I moved into the house that I'm living in right now, uh we there was a family that lived here beforehand and we walk up into the attic and just kinda look around, see what they left behind, because they're still like most of their a lot of their stuff is still kinda here. And I look over on this table at the side and there is a there's a full-fledged carpet of a bear, like the bear carpet. And I'm like, what the heck? So we ended up putting it in the coat closet. So now anybody, anytime anybody ever opens up the coat closet, they get to say hello to Baloo. Freaks them out every time. It's awesome. I feel like none of my stories are ever funny. I'm so sorry. I took a phone call during that because I'm I'm recording at work and Jared was like, where are you? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I, I got late, so I just decided to record at the office. <laughs> He's Aww, like, what a great sorry, guy. Chelsea, you can tell that story again and I'll listen. And we'll, and we'll laugh. <laughs> sorry, I was, I, was text, I was texting. Nobody Sarah. cares. <laughs> no. It's like, oh, it's Chelsea's not, telling it's not a that story. We don't... <laughs> This is your time to it's clue out. It's not that we don't like you. No, Chelsea, normally I, I never take phone calls, but you know what? It's your husband and you're missing and he's worried about you. It's Whatever, whatever. Oh, Moving on. Moving Chelsea's on. like, sure, just you married people can just ignore us <laughs> single people. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Chelsea, I was, I, was, I was instant messaging Jenna. Okay, for real, tell us again. No, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> <Dang it. laughs> Oh. <laughs>
This is gonna be like on the best of. For yeah, this year. totally. We're so sorry, Chelsea. Oh, it's a good thing it's raining because I'm crying inside. No. We love you. You know we didn't respond just because we were talking to our spouses. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, Chelsea. Don't cry. Once a time, once once again, once Chelsea starts talking, it's time to clue out. Whatever. Oh, brother. <laughs> Balto stuffed and available for viewing in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> a bit long. <laughs> playing Disney scene it together. Morgan and I had this dream of playing Disney scene it over long distances. <laughs> because such I nerds. really think. No, I really think I could take her. No but way. It would be a challenge. I, I have Disney seen it in Arizona. I have oh, a deluxe I can version. go. I can go get. Oh, never mind. Sorry, Chelsea. Mason's oh, way cooler. I, I just got outdone once Under again. Under your thumb, goof. <laughs> <laughs>